My friends to Scrymia of the MTG Device Podcast. I'm oh, Riley. I'm Dennis. I almost cut you off there. And we're here to solve your problems. And Dennis, every week we stray further from the light of being an MTG Advice podcast, so much so that we're now completely in the dark. Just going to set course away from yeah. it at this stage. Yeah. we At this point now, we are just acknowledging that we have moved so far away from being an MTG Advice podcast that we're actually going to lean into it. Uh, your friend of mine, Mushy Scanlan, actually suggested... We right, just make a gaming advice podcast. We just make it a gaming advice podcast. And who are we to argue with Mushy, who is someone who, you know, is a, is a very thoughtful man. He's a very reflective man. He has... He's, he's someone who comes... He, he thinks things through in a way that often is very um convincing to me mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. He, he provides reasoning that i whenever he reasons through something i'm like that actually makes a lot of sense so that was the one that was one reason that we're doing it. the other is he's just our boss yep yep yep, yep. so bit of bit of column a bit of column b but uh, dennis times they are changing for so, River. Uh, we talked about this a little bit before we started mm-hmm. i want to change the name I'm fine with the name. I like. Uh, I like the name, but if you think if you think a name change is necessary, that's fine. But if you ch- if we're doing it I, like for the sake of it, I think it's necessary, and I think there are okay. better names out there that are more gaming advice agnostic. Right. So something because you your point was Scrymy River is hardly even magic related. Yeah, but like something like Press X for Hint. That's not bad. Mm. That's not bad, honestly. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what's coming up, Dennis, in a couple of weeks, our 100th episode. Do we do a name change on the 100th I episode? I think we do. I think we change okay. the name and form of the podcast right. every 100 episodes. Every 100 episodes. So look forward to, you know, in two years from now, on episode 200, when we become a, a film review podcast. Sorry, Chris, that's what I meant. That's what, hey, what we were talking I said cross stitching. Oh, okay. Well, that, that's pertinent. To, I mean, there might be demand for that. We'll see. It's, there's enough time to learn cross stitching. Right, two years? Two years. 100%. How, hard, how hard could cross stitching be, Dennis? It's only one type of stitch. <laughs> It's cross. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Cross stitching is not hard, right? I don't know. I don't want the cross stitching community to come after us. I don't. I don't want to start a beef with the cross stitch. They've got. Can you imagine how fast they can type? Holy crap! <laughs> but listen, what? Are, how are we going to defend ourselves from cross stitches? They've got like we've got magic cards and video game consoles. Gambit style, yeah. If you wax like, a PS5 is heavy. If you wax somebody with that, they're done for. They're down that's for the true. Camera. But they've got like sharp needles and stuff. The PS5 is as heavy as its gaming library is empty. Now we're a gaming podcast, Riley. There we go. We're getting those spicy hot takes. Now listen, we did mention this on Twitter. We announced the change. People seem to be broadly in favor of it. Dennis, I've 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 harvested some of the responses to the announcement well, here that I want to Before sh- we can get to the juicy responses, Riley. Oh. We still got to pay the piper. Oh, we still got to do it, don't we? Still got to do it. You still got to head to channelfile.com. For all your collectible and trading card game needs. Be it Magic the Gathering, be it Pokemon, be it Flesh and Blood, be it Medicine. Be it a PlayStation 5. Get them there. We gave away a PS5 once, actually. There you go. See? (laughs) I just, you can say channelfireball.com where at least one person has obtained a PlayStation 5. Yes, that is true. That is true. A non-zero number of PlayStation 5s have been distributed by channelfireball.com. Nah, but get, get, get over there, get your, you know what? Things are opening up again. Get your friends around your house. Do a draft. Get yourself a, Zendikar Rising box. Get yourself a call time box. All these, all these drafts that you didn't get to do down your LGS. Mm-mm. Get, 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 get the, get the folks around. Get the folks around. Mate. Not, not your parents, I guess. Get the friends around. Oh, maybe get your parents into magic. Mate, I tried to play Catan with my parents. It was a disaster. I would not want to play magic with my parents. Even Catan, they couldn't get their head around? No, they could get their head around. They're just bitter. You told me about this. You told me about this. Your parents like rusted on socialists, very like, yep. You know, equality. My parents were members forever. of a communist party, like solidarity Karen. forever, comrade, that sort of thing. But then, when it came to colonizing an island in a board game, they're like, "No." Like my mother, no my, my father would be like, "Do you have any any clay?" And one will be like, "No." You yeah. pro- you probably want it for something, and he's like, yeah. "I mean, yeah, to like build yeah. a road, but that's the game. What are you talking yeah. about?" Then my mother will ask my father. Do you have any wheat? And my father will say, I would sooner burn it than give it to you. His yeah. wife of 30 yeah. years. It's a whole thing, yeah. man. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's good that they're like that in the board game and the way they are in real life instead of the other way around. Yes, that's true. That's true. You know, it's good that they try to create a, create a socialist utopia in real life rather than doing it in Catan. Catan. But anyway, so we'll be hearing from par- from Dennis's parents, I'm sure, with their Catan-related advice questions very soon. Could you imagine how insufferable it would be to play Catan in, like, a college socialist society where everybody turns their cards face up and you all just share the resources? It wouldn't be much of a game. No, it's not a game at all. <laughs> I mean, maybe it would be. No, if you could it wouldn't. Just enforce one-to-one trades with people, it'd be interesting. What's the no, goal? As as, it's just as soon as anyone... As soon as anyone 
breaks that contract and starts. I mean, that's the problem. As with soon, basically, as soon as anyone invents right? capitalism in the that's in the, the problem game. with these sorts of systems is everyone has to opt in. Why are we now political? I mean, I do have a degree in politics. Are we yeah, now, our, are, our are ten we now years of gaming podcast is brief but sweet. Ridiculous. Anyway, so no, use, look, use coupon code smart, which might also have to change. Coupon. Well, let's okay. Let's make the podcast. Let's okay. Here we go. No, no. Name it after one of your top five favorite games, Knights of the Old Republic. Let's let's. Let's find an acronym for the podcast that is K-N-I-G-H-T, right? It's got a G in there. That's gaming. Kind of nice and interesting gaming helps talk. What? (laughs) How did you do that? Pretty good, huh? Kind of nice and interesting gaming help talk. Yeah. How did you do that, Dennis? (laughs) Pretty quick. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Did you have that one ready? No. (laughs) What? That's honestly, that sounds like this was a bit that we rehearsed. No, it wasn't. You did that so far. I got to gaming. <laughs> I got one letter, the most obvious letter, right? And you did the whole acronym in a way that kind of makes sense. Yeah, and it's about gaming advice. Unbelievable. Dennis Stranjack, everyone. Anyway, coupon code night for kind of Son nice. Of what is it? Kind of nice and interesting gaming help. Talk. Time? Talk. Time might be better. Time also works. All right. Anyway, Cooper Good Night at checkout. Anyway, um, we are a gaming advice podcast now. Sending you, it can still be about magic. Magic is yes, a game. Yes, magic right? is a game. That's fine. We've we got some magic advice questions to get across today. We've got some other stuff as well. But uh, no, send in gaming advice questions, whether it's board games, video games, card games, whatever. Are we doing sport games? Probably not, right? I don't want to do sport games. That's not episode sport. 200. Yeah, yeah. Cricket podcast. Sporting podcast. Yeah. Um, we had some reactions Dennis- to this change, Riley, on Twitter. We are in touch with the common folk. We are in touch with the with the listener. And uh, it's good to know that the listeners have our back, you know, and appreciate the struggles and the challenges we're going to go through with this change here. Uh, for example, Wodar wrote in to say, what a difficult change. Mm-hmm. Can be hard Thank to you, Wodar. for all of us. I appreciate that, Wodar. You know, I appreciate you understanding the, the you know, because it's, it's a big shift for us, Dennis, moving away from hardly talking about magic to now hardly talking about magic in a more fully sanctioned sense. You know, it's, mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be tough. What else we got? We got one here from Shadow Druid. By saying they're a gaming podcast, they'll just spend more time in magic and less on their core premise. It's like when you, it's, we're like, we're like a child. You can't yeah. focus on the homework, even if the homework is eating cake. <laughs> yep. And then as soon as like, okay, don't do your homework. Oh, no, but I want to do my homework. But I want to do my homework. I want to do my homework. Exactly. Yeah. It's a great book about this uh, yeah, called Shadow Drive, Druid has rumbled us here. We want to talk about magic more. And so we're branding the, the show differently. Uh, Hamish also figured it out. I guess this means uh, that the podcast will now be 20 minutes of gaming and 40 minutes of, I don't know, needlepoint. What's well, needlepoint? Pe- that- that's also, that's like cross-stitching. Is that like cross-stitch? Yeah, it's like, you watch Bo Burnham's Inside when he says a needlepoint of a fox. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, sure, sure. I do a little like that. drum, yeah. you know? Yep. Okay. Um, uh, and then Nia then and says, all right. I mean, look, Dennis, not everyone's going to be happy with the change. No. Ch- change is scary. You know, some I, people I are, some people are going to resist this, dig in their heels, and Nia Dime's one of them. I, that's it. I was listening to the podcast purely for the strict, strictly magic related content. But if you lose your focus like this, I am out. And look, we're sorry to see you go near Dime. Um, you know, we have maintained a very strictly magic related, you know, we, we hardly talk about anything else, Dennis. Months, yeah. years, in fact. No, not at all. I don't think. But, uh, as, as, uh, as Bruce Springsteen said, the times they are a changing. So, um, mm. <laughs> Was it not Bruce Springsteen? Is that a Bob Dylan song? As Phil Collins once said, I can, I can feel hear the, it in the, in, the air in the air tonight. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. All right. Dennis, before we get into the advice, let's. I, I thought this would be a fun little exercise for the two of us here mm. as we are mm. moving into gaming, right? A little bit more. Like opening the aperture here. What are your top five all-time games? So how do we want to do this? Do we want to do... Five for three, two, one, Dennis. Five for three, two, one, Riley. Do you want to do five, Dennis, five, Riley, four, Dennis, four, Riley? Mine are going to be in, in my favorite order. Mine are close, very close to my favorite order. Like, right, right. No, 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 sorry, sorry. Mine are going to be in the, in the order in which I like to put things the most. No particular. No particular. Very good. Mine aren't going to be one to five. You understand how it was confusing when you said mine are going to be in my favorite order. (laughs) Yes. No, mine are going to be in my favorite order. None particular, right? Mine are broadly, mine are pretty, number one is a rusted on number one and the rest are kind of interchangeable. Okay, so you you could you could shuffle some things out from like two to five. Yeah, but number one is never changing. Is 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 so far above the others. It's almost as though it climbed 
a huge, huge ladder, ladder all the way up for three baby. and a half minutes to be so, that far well, away from all the others. When Riley asked, brought this up, we put it in the dock with our show notes, and I put on number one and then stared at the page for like twelve minutes to get the yeah. other four. It took a long time to get from two to five with Dennis. I was it was for me a little bit of spew them out. It's fine. Oh, there's but a Dennis, reason yours are spew them out. It's fine. No, you lack Dennis discipline. Is, <laughs> Dennis has a, a a yawning gulf between number one. Uh, Nugget Salt three. Snake Eater. Not close. Snake Eater. Not close. It's my yep. favorite game of all time. I went on PSN profiles to see like what PlayStation games I played when I was younger that I don't remember. Mm. Um, and I've only ever platinumed two games. I thought I platinumed a third one. I guess that's not good. I think I, I thought I platinumed Shadow of War. But Infamous Second Son and Metal Solid 3 Snake Eater, which involves yep. playing the game a bunch of times, doing stuff like completing the game with no alerts, complete the game with shooting all 64 of those little frogs, collect every snake in the game, collect every bird in the game, collect every frog in the game. It's all in there, baby. Yep. And you've, you've poured hundreds thousands of hours into if i went if i went to hell and they had the thing like like, like for example like in the Simpsons or home Street of the donuts and they're like haha mr stranyak you have to play metal gear solid 3 snake eater over and over again ad infinitum until you get sick of it jokes on them baby yeah that that little crow that sharpens its beak on the mountaintop like it's going to go through the entire entire himalayas the at the andes mm-hmm. the alps the rockies and you'll still be there climbing that ladder with a big <laughs> smile on your face every time baby every time unbelievable all right no not unbelievable maybe i play the game in french this time see what it's, yeah. see what the snake eater is like the snake eater le, le manger du snake le exactly manger du snake, yeah uh what else we got in your list uh number two i have elder scrolls 5 skyrim mm-hmm. Great i game. prefer i preferred oblivion at the time um i, I definitely sunk more time to Oblivion than into skyrim Mm-hmm. But when Skyrim came out, I was like beyond excited. I remember I went to this, you know, southwest corner of the map and just went northeast. And every time I hit a cave or a building or a tavern, mm-hmm. I explored it. I actually think I 100% into the game. I was actually, a map. No. I think I did. I think I did everything. There's a uh, call. There's so, like, there's so many small side quests. So I, many okay. I can't be confident I didn't miss anything, but I made a concerted effort to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like you did anyway. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think it's the best Bethesda game by a mile, even if Oblivion might technically be slightly more my, my favorite. Skyrim is so much more of a robust game. Mm. And you can buy it 50 different ways. Burger King it's style. Play, play it play played on your Samsung smart fridge you, now. They have it on Alexa. So you can play it on Alexa? Yeah. Doesn't Alexa not have a screen? Riley, please. I'm going to move myself over to Alexa in my bedroom. Would you care to join me? Are we going to... Okay. All right. Alexa, All right. play Skyrim. In one direction is a small hamlet, in the other is a fortified town. Where would you like to go? I would like to go to the town. Once at the fortified town, an Argonian innkeeper greets you. She looks quite sad. She tells you her lover was killed by a mysterious evil in a dense forest. Will you avenge her lover? I will. (laughs) Will you avenge her lover? Alexa, stop. Safe travels, adventure. There's a whole Skyrim game in there, baby. So it turns into a text-based like Zork. It turns into like a text text adventure that you control with your voice. Yes, that's that's wild. All right, okay. That, that's I, I can't believe yeah. you didn't know that. I, I mean, it's on. Apparently, I, I was making a joke about a smart fridge. I was like, I was next going to say on a TI eighty four calculator, but it probably is. Yeah, I, I've seen actually. I've seen a Reddit post of someone making it run on a TI eighty four calculator, like that's a little text. Yeah. Man. That is ridiculous. All right, what's next? Next on the list, I've forgotten, so I'm opening the dock again, is Star Wars Battlefront 2. Now, this is the old Star Wars yeah, Battlefront 2. Yeah, release right? day 2006 or this whatever. Is Star Wars Battle- this is Star Wars Battlefront 2-1. Yes, 2-1. Yeah. yeah. What a game. What a game. I remember playing this as well, and it was... Did you play it online? I uh, No, I played it on PS2 for a while, and then I played it yeah. on my PSP. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, ne- I never had Xbox Live, so I just played it against like... But it was... So- oh, man, it was so good. You get the little you play Galaxy Conquest that weird little board game mode. Yep. And then there was the like the space battles where you, you get you get your A wing or whatever you fly into the enemy base. You run around inside inside the mm-hmm. enemy ship. It was great. Ten yeah, out of ten. Yeah, so game. good. And because because Battlefront One was fine, but Battlefront Two took it to the next level because you can oh, start, yeah. you can play as, you can play as Jedi. Yeah. Plays like Obi Wan jumping around. I remember oh. playing. I remember playing. I remember Yoda was OP because you could do because he was a much smaller hitbox. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And you could um, you could do like, like his two force moves were just push and pull, I believe. Yeah. So we used to do one v one duels in my mate Andy's conservatory playing um you know, on Mos Eisley, and I would just like juggle him back and forth on yeah. top of the arena in the middle. It was great. So good, man. Yeah, I love that game. 
And number four for me is The Last of Us Part 1. Yeah. Okay. Good game. Great game. You, I'm you described it as transcendental. I think, it is, I think it is a transcendent game in the medium. Genuinely. I think the there are aspects of The Last of Us that utilize video games as a storytelling medium that you cannot do in a film or a book or a TV show. I think that Last of Us is often and appropriately used as an example of art, like video game as art. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. It's up there for me. It's definitely not like an all-timer, but I well, like it a lot. Well, let, 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 me, let me explain my reasoning here. If you don't want spoilers for the first part of The Last of Us, hit that skip button like five or six times. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bit in there, there's a common mechanic in The Last of Us where you give Ellie a boost up up into a platform that you can't reach, and then she drops a ladder down to help you camp, climb up. Very common yeah. in video games, usually highs loading screens. Yeah. And about halfway through the game, Ellie has a very very traumatic experience. This isn't really a spoiler, I guess, though I'm phrasing it. And you go to um to set up the boost for you to go, and the camera turns and shows Joel leaning against the wall to boost her, like you've done a thousand times. Yeah, just normal part of the game. And she doesn't come. And Joel puts his hands down and goes, Ellie, and turns around. You see she's like spaced out and zoned out because she's traumatized sitting elsewhere. And that sense of routine is not something you can achieve in a non-interactive medium. So I think yeah. that that specific that little nugget is specifically a piece of storytelling that is unique to video games. Yeah, because it makes you go, yep, sure, okay, yep, ladder, get up there like that. And then but it actually it breaks it it the subversion of what your expectations are is actually way more powerful than you think. Yeah. It's a good point. Yep. And, and speaking fun. of speaking of another game with a, a lot of like reluctantly caring dad energy. God of War twenty eighteen. Yeah, I loved the old God of War games, but I knew they were tacky and bad, to be yeah. honest. Like, there's no mini game in God of War 2018 where you have sex with two women on a bed that I recall. No, they they cut that part out. I think they cut that part. I'm trying to think yeah. if there was an homage. To it. And there was an homage to it, but I don't think it was a sex scene. Oh, really? Yeah. But um, okay. God of War 1, 2, and 3, I loved Greek mythology as a kid. Never played them. Never played them? Never had a PlayStation, man. They're good. They're really good. Yeah. And they're on PlayStation now. There's like hack and slashers, right? Yeah, but they're really good hack and slashers. Yeah. And they're like Greek mythology themed. Like you, mm-hmm. you, I think it's, I can't remember who you fight. I think it's when you fight Helios. You like, I almost said Heliod. Yeah. <laughs> you you Heliod. pull him out of this. It's the most, it's horrific. You pull him out of this guy, you drive your thumbs into his eyes and you pound him into Ugh. the dirt and all this stuff. It's, a, it's okay. an obscenely violent game. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, um, yeah, God of War 2018, kind of like a soft reboot sequel is just, Visually stunning, beautiful mm. game. A little slow to begin, but like the combat, it's the most satisfying game I've ever played. Mm. Yeah, it's. Re- I really enjoyed it as well. I got a PlayStation basically just to play that and Red Dead Redemption. Not RDR two, not making your list though. No, no, definitely not. No, no, it's not. It's not on my list for sure. But like, I, I God of War was. But the thing is, like the these these games that we're talking about you know if i if i you could have a list of my favorite games that was 20 30 50 games long but i'm talking about games that impacted me the the heaviest you know games that really got in there had an emotional impact on me which is why you very ago. carefully selected five games and i've yes. selected just five games mm-hmm. right so i'm gonna do the same time so let's recap dennis's all-time five because it, it's funny going into Dennis felt pressure he's like oh this is like my nerd cred right yeah I need to, i need to be able to back this up uh, like, you'll notice League of Legends is not on here, even though Playtime it definitely tops the list of all of them. Magic the Gathering also not on here. Snake Eater, Skyrim, mm-hmm. Battlefront Two, mm-hmm. the old one, mm-hmm. Last of Us One, God of War, the new the one. The new one. Yeah, I, that's that's a solid list. Man. I'm pretty confident in that list. Honestly, I'm not yeah. looking at anything on that list and being like that's ridiculous. I mean, I, I guess that's the first word that comes to mind when I look at Metal Gear Solid. But still, right? That that uh, that, that lines up. All right, here are my five all-time games. In in no particular order. Like, I couldn't order these if I tried, right? I'm going to go with Breath of the Wild, number one. Dead yeah. game. But again, it's not number one as in it's not my favorite game of all time. It's just like Breath of the Wild, incredible. I couldn't get into it, dude. I loved it when I played it the first time. And then I came away from it and I was like, this game is great. But if I play it again, I know it's not going to be as good. Played again recently. It's just as good, man. I, I, I had the exact opposite experience. I tried to play it, got bored, stopped, and was like, I'm missing out here. Come on. Like, let's yeah. try to play it, got bored, stopped. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I'm not going to hear criticisms about destruct, like, uh, uh, destroyable, like the weapons, degradable no, weapons, I, whatever. I, I honestly think it's a failure of the, of the Switch for me. You, nah. I'm not, I, I, I am not accepting criticism of Breath of the Wild at this time, unless, unless, Dennis, the one thing you can criticize it for, which I will agree with, is climbing in the rain, because they should, uh, that, it's so annoying, man. The climbing <laughs> in the rain, it's, oh, you're just going to get Revali's Gale and it's fine, you know, again. But Breath of the Wild, it's an all timer for me. All right. Another one. Subnautica. Mm. 
This is a game that I don't know what it, it came to me at exactly when I was. It came to me at exactly the right time, right? I think I weathered quarantine pretty well. Like I think I weathered lockdowns and that sort of stuff with with the pandemic. Really, like quite. Better, probably better than most people. I was able to work at home, that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And I know it hit a lot of people very hard. And I think I did all right. Um, I was lucky enough to be in a position where it didn't get me too badly. But after like nine months pu- pushing on a year, or no, it was about nine months, I was really starting to feel it. And Subnautica offered me the most immersive escape. Premium escapism, yeah. I've just, I've never felt it. it I felt fully transported. I felt the 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 clenching the like the gut clenching fear right when like ascending into a, a, an abyss uh, sorry descending into an abyss underwater mm. right the excitement when you build the cyclops right like going around and finding new things to to harvest and collect and craft and that sort of stuff and just, and building a, like it just had everything in it for me i love the fact that it didn't focus on combat i love the fact that it was like you can't fight stuff in this game you will just die to these sea monsters right you have to live in this world that is not yours it's alien it's foreign it's trying to kill you a fish in water story it's i i don't know man I, like i played i played below zero and it was fine and I think I think that this is another one that if I go back to it, it will be like, oh, is it not? But it's just that first time the Cyclops splashed down to the water, man. Oh, and I got inside it. Welcome aboard, Captain. Oh my goodness! Like this, this was. It wasn't transcendental. It didn't change the medium. It didn't do anything like that for me. But Subnautica just it got in there for it. Just it came along at the right time and it offered me an escape from this world that I needed. And man, did it give it to me! I I I love Subnautica. Anyway, next one here. I'm sharing one with you. Mm. Skyrim and Oblivion Morrowind. You can't have Skyrim and Oblivion Morrowind. So the reason I put Skyrim and Oblivion Morrowind on this is because, listen, it's my list, all right? You're not mm. my dad. I'm putting Morrowind, Oblivion, and Skyrim in it. So that's your, that, that's your top five. Breath of the no, Wild, Sonata, one, Skyrim, that's Oblivion, one Morrowind. Right, it's the Elder Scrolls, all right? The Elder Scrolls. But only three, four, five. <laughs> but only three, four, and not five. Arena, I haven't played not one Daggerfall. and two. No, I haven't played one and two, and I haven't played it. So um, if I had to pick one of these... Out of respect to probably, oh, jeez. Are we respecting 14-year-old Riley or respecting 17-year-old Riley? Are we going for Morrowind or Oblivion? Oblivion. Morrowind sucks. I think it's Morrowind, dude. I know Morrowind sucks, and I've tried to go back to it so many times. Like Wait, That does not hold up. Oblivion barely holds up. Oblivion's fine, I think. I played it recently on stream. It's good, man. Mm. I think it's, I mean, it holds up better than Morrowind. Not that that's mm. saying much. But I think just in terms of like the, the do you know why Morrowind? Morrowind came along at a time where I didn't have, like, reliable and ever-present access to the internet. So, it wasn't mm. one of those things. It's like, wait, how do you find this? You just I just had to wander around, man. How yes, do you find the Morrowind time entrance? I guess maybe how... I mean, I was pretty even as savvy as it came. I'm trying to think about how, how quick I would have been to Google things in 2011 when Skyrim came out. Which is ten years ago in ten months, years by the ago, way. Unbelievable. But like, I found the Morag Tong headquarters just by stumbling across it. Right? I didn't mm-hmm. know it was there. I didn't. I didn't know about this secret guild of assassins. I just came across it in the. I picked the lock. They came. To, it was just. It was incredible. Like the experience like that. They just don't come along in video games anymore because you look everything up. Right. And the thing mm. is, I don't want experiences like that in video games because I'm 32 and I've got stuff to do and I don't have time. You know. So I think. Yeah, I, think I don't think we. T- you and I talked about this offline before where. Why we play games like Magic or League of Legends or Apex Legends or any yep. anything else in the Legend series um, is because I want something that I can have a full experience in forty minutes between meetings or yeah. before I go to the gym in the morning yep. or exactly. whatever. I don't have time, or I mean, I do have time. It's like watching a movie and watching three episodes of a TV show. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know, man. Like we, we can talk about this later on. We're talking Charles up here, but like I, I I played Far Cry Three. Mm-hmm. Far Cry Five. I've started Far Cry Five. What do you mean in Charizard Me River? The whole podcast is Charizard Me River now. Yeah, no. Uh, I've been playing Far Cry Five. Is that good? I, really, I want to play that. It, it is actually good, and I, like I, I was, I had hesitancy about it, but it's because I'm so over open world games. Mm-hmm. But this is really good because it, it is it's bite sized. Like mm-hmm. there's these things. It's like oh, here's a quest. It's going to take you ten minutes. It's going to take you fifteen minutes, and then you just stick around for a bit, going to this, and it just it didn't feel in the same way as like Assassin's Creed or like just completely overwhelming. I don't know. I can't justify this. But I just really like the, the the feeling, the pace of Far Cry Five. Anyway, that's not on the list. Pokemon Gold, Silver Crystal. What now? Why Pokemon? Why not Red, Blue, Yellow? I, I just I was impacted more heavily by by. If you want me to pick one, it's Gold, definitely Gold. Okay. I just I just I played I played more of it more often. I have more memories of like playing the Game Boy under the is cover gen, in the middle is of that the gen night. Two? Yeah, Generation Two. Yeah. yeah, playing like 
under the under the dune in the middle of the night with that little light that you plug into the trade mm-hmm. port and like that because they didn't have backlit screens back then, right? Running out of AA batteries, convincing my mum to get a a rechargeable battery station so I didn't have to keep buying AA batteries for my Game Boy. It, yeah, it, it's got to be Pokemon Gold for sure. Like that, that, I spent, I have so many fond memories of playing that game. That again was a world I got lost in as a kid. Anyway, uh, number five here again, no particular order. Number five, Return of the Obra Dinn. Good game, good game, Bronze. Incredible game. If there is one game that I wish I could delete from my memory, so I could play yeah, it. Yeah, it's very limited time. in its replay value. I've played it three times. I played it roughly once a year because it's been like I wait till it's kind of long enough until I've forgotten it. The last time you and I played it was a couple of months ago. You played it in one sitting. It's like a six-hour game. Oh, that's the thing. No, no, try ten or twelve if you don't have someone giving you hints. I thought it was that. We did no, it one, one sitting, though. We did one sitting. We played from like 10 o'clock until about... Uh, we didn't play till 8, did we? No. Maybe 8 hours. We yeah. played for like 6. Yeah. I can't recommend this game highly enough. It's one of the greatest games ever made. It is incredible. You can only play it once. You, I mean, you can play it again. It's not for everyone. Voxy streamers shouldn't like it. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a detective puzzle game. It, it, it is. It's incredible. Uh, number six on my top five list is Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Never played basically, it. Basically, D&D Star Wars. Again, not the sort of game that I think I'd have time to play today, but just so many hundreds of hours in front of my Xbox as a kid playing that game. Absolutely love Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, my goodness. You'll notice, fir- depending on how you count them, Riley's list had anywhere a minimum of six games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But really oh, probably we're ten. We're not finished. Number seven on my all-time top favorite, uh, top five list, number seven is... Um, I can't decide if it's Bastion or Hades. Hades we'll just do both. Hades, right. is <laughs> Hades is better than Bastion. I play both. Hades is better than Bastion for sure, but Bastion, again, is one of those games that just like, I play it, immediately I'm taken back to 20... I played Bastion and I was like, this is fun, I like it, the music's amazing, and then I, I've never finished it. I have i don't know how many times I've finished it. Man. It's one of those games that I've got on my Switch, I've got on my computer, I've, got, I've bought it like five times on different consoles, different platforms. Like, as soon as it was announced on Switch, I'm like, snap, sold, got it again, right? I love that game. Hades the same. I played it all through um, early access. Incredible. All right, number nine. No, no, that'll do. <laughs> I could keep going, man, but like, yeah, I, it's really hard for me to trim it down to five. But my top, my the seven games in my all-time top five: Breath of the Wild, Subnautica, Morrowind, Pokemon Gold, Return of the Overdue, Night's Old Republic, and probably like Bastion Eight. Super giant. We'll just put them in there. But a lot of cheating on mine. To a get lot of cheating on yours. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that one hold. I feel like that list holds up. I'm pretty confident on that list. This is refreshing. Mm. Video game podcast. I like the energy. We've got some actual advice questions in Riley. We do. Yeah. And the first one is a, we've got some, look, you know, we will be still, as, as I say, we still will be fielding some magic questions. We've got magic questions. We've got video game questions today. Let's start with the video game question. This one came in in response to us uh, talking about the fact that we're going to have some video game advice questions. And Dennis, it's one that I chose because it is actually very relevant mm-hmm. to not just this change that we're making, but also to us personally, the two of us as gamers. Hunter E. Clays writes in and says, If I want to tell my friends that they're crazy for torturing themselves by playing Pokemon Unite or League of Legends, how do I do it nicely? I don't want them to end up like Dennis. Well, look, well, Hunter, if I could go back in time and not end up like myself, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Little dagger at the end there. You yeah. got a lot of little notifications on your phone there, Dennis. What's going on? Yeah, popular. Let's see. I think I think Dennis put the phone resting against his. No, it's over on the no. little charging pad. Okay, because it was because we were hearing those the, those buzzers quite clearly. Anyway, it's just a group chat that I'm in that I'm going to put over on a softer service now. Surface now. I want to tell my friends that they're crazy for torturing themselves by playing Pokemon United League of Legends. Are they actually torturing themselves, or do they enjoy it? Because like so, I wouldn't say that Dennis should stop playing because Dennis loves League. You wanna you wanna know something? Some real talk here. Oh, here we go. There are people that shouldn't play games like this. Yeah. Because Present. they lack... Hello. No, right not, 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 not just you because you don't like it. That's yeah, not yeah, what yeah. I mean. Yeah. There are people... Like, these games are very liable. Mm. They're very addictive. Mm-mm. Very liable for game, for game addiction. And yeah. we make fun of people getting salty and tilting. There are, there are people who where these kind of games are bad for the mental health. Yes. No, I, I agree entirely. And I think, like, you know, we're kind of having a laugh here and being like, I don't want them to end up like, like Dennis. I can't stand League, right? I, I don't mind Pokemon Unite, but like I wouldn't say to you, Dennis, you need to stop playing League. No, right? Because I don't think it's bad for you, mm-hmm. right? But if the stuff that you're saying, like if, if there were someone, or let's say it's you, right? I don't think right. it is, but like let's say it's you, and it, and it was I actually thought no, this is actually ruining Dennis's mental health. Like this I is actually people affecting him. Who, when they're not playing League, all they think about is playing League. Yeah, and who are miserable when they play League. Yeah. 
And it's like, you got to stop. Yeah. Touch grass. Yeah. Just do, do anything else. Take a break. Like, play Return of the Everdeen. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. It is a, the reason I think that League, Unite a little less so because of how casual it is and like there's Mm. how much shorter it is, Mm. but League especially, you have limited control over mm. your own ability to win the game if you're playing Very by yourself. Definitely. And Pokemon Unite is worse, is, is, sorry, better for that because the longest you're going to spend doing that is mm-hmm. 10 minutes and really eight. And know. most people who play League play in solo duo queue. Yeah. By a mar- by a large margin, I believe. Yeah. Grinding to get to Challenger or realistically probably to get to Plat or Diamond. Yeah. And you are only 20% of your team if you're playing solo queue. Yeah. Now you can play ADC, you can play jungle and you can try carry. Mm. But you're not going to do that every game. No, you you have to play perfect all the time. Do that every game. You can play perfectly and lose in league a lot. Yeah, same as same as Magic. So you have to be able to swallow that. League doesn't, people, league doesn't feel as league feels worse than Magic because there's no variance in league. Sure. You know. So you yeah so you can't. It's, like, it's oh, tempting I, to feel like it's your fault. Not not yeah. not get a bad draw. You know what I mean. Yep. But then also it's tempting to blame your enemies when you're playing poorly and getting like even if you're getting mad at your whoa, teammates whoa, or your mad enemies? at your, Don't you sorry, blame so, sorry, blame your teammates. Blame, blame your enemies, your teammates. <laughs> it's tempting to blame your teammates when you're even when you're playing poorly, poorly yeah. so you don't improve. Yeah, like like the way you blame the top of your deck when you draw it when you're playing badly. Jungle diff, top deck diff, baby. Yeah. This is so let, let's take this question seriously, right? And let's assume that Hunter's friends are actually in this camp of being like this this game is actually bad for them. Dennis, as someone who's played League of Legends for a long time, I imagine with people who have fallen into this mm-hmm. this category, right? What do you do? It's really hard. You can't... Because everybody tilts and everybody gets salty from time to time, it is very mm. difficult to be like, oh, dude, you're taking this game too seriously. Like, chill. Mm. Mm. Because mm. there have been times when they haven't and you have been. Mm. Especially play with people. Um, if they're a person who's playing by themselves a lot, which is mm. where I think the real danger is. Mm. It's like, it, it's honestly, it's like alcohol. If you go out, it is very different if you go out with your friends three nights a week and get drunk. It's not different for your liver. But it, and then, then if you drink by yourself at home. Yeah. If someone is playing this video game and it's making them angry by themselves, invite them to a board game night. Suggest you guys all play Civilization on Steam for one evening. That's not Stuff bad. like that. Break it up. Well, that was my question is like, what's the approach? Because from my mind, there are two approaches, right? Either you get a, like a set of shiny keys and you jangle them in <laughs> front of their face and go, ooh, what's this? Look at this. Civilization Six. Come and play that with us, right? Or you sit them down and you say, hey, listen, man, we're worried about you. I think it's going to be very difficult to break through on the, on the second sincere level. I think you can try, show them how fun it is to play a game that they don't aren't as invested in. Yeah, and then that will contrast for them. But you just have, you, like you, at the end of the day, they're in charge of their own destiny. And this is the problem: is that even if you jangle the keys and you're like, "Hey, come play Civ with us," right? The next morning or the next day, they've got off from work or whatever else. Probably, I play some league, you know, and they'll go back into it. So, like, short of an actual sit down intervention, I think, I think though, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. And I think taking a positive bent to it, a positive approach, and showing that there are other games out there. I guess Civ is actually a good example because not only can you have a good time playing it with your friends, but also you can play it by yourself. Like it's designed mm-hmm. to play by you to be played by itself. Can I tell you a brief anecdote about that adage you just used to catch more flies with honey than with vinegar? Go on. I went out to dinner with James and Jeff and Kaylee, the and Irish we folks. The, we went to a restaurant called Honey and Vinegar Only. Well, and it was full of flies. We went out to dinner. You know Jeff. You know James and Kaylee as well, actually. I do. Um, we went out a while ago, the Dublin mm-hmm. team of Chum Fireball here. We went to a restaurant mm-hmm. and it was outdoor seating because it was before indoor seating opened here. And, Jeff picked up the vinegar bottle to put some vinegar on his chips. Mm. Full of flies. No way. Flies had flown into the vinegar and died in it. And he was like, disgusting. But I was like, this is the exact opposite of what I've always been told. No. How, imagine how overrun the honey bottle is that's, with flies. That's my question. Was there a honey pot nearby? And if so, was it mostly There was flies? a pot of flies. I guess that could have used to have been a honey pot, maybe. What? What? I was just joking that there was so many flies in the honey pot that there was it was a, it was, oh, it was yeah, a fly pot. If there's if there's actually a pot of flies near you guys got to eat somewhere all, else. First of all, get the Irish Health Authority on this uh, on this restaurant. But second, that would have been the honey pot. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, look, it doesn't say you catch no flies with vinegar. Just more, just more flies with honey. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you do catch a lot of flies with vinegar, but honey. In my experience, you certainly do. Even more so. It was gross. Uh, I think we go for honey rather than vinegar, but I think you keep vinegar in the back pocket in a figurative sense, not in a literal sense. You'll sit in it and break the bottle and then you'll have vinegar all over your pants. But no one wants in, a, pants. in a figurative sense, like, I, I think, Hunter, you pulled your friends out of this sort of stuff by distracting them with games 
that offer them something that league can't, right? Or that league doesn't. Mm-hmm. And Civ's a good example. What are some other ones? Anything not overtly competitive. Yeah. Honestly. Like, I'm trying to think Board games are great for that sort of thing. Among Us. Play, play Amogus. Remember Amogus? I do you remember Amogus. Ha- you hated Amogus. Uh, I didn't mind. I didn't like Amogus, no. I didn't hate it. I wouldn't say I hated it, but, like, it didn't hit for me. It, some people really loved social... Some, some people just like social deception games. I just don't like lying. <laughs> I'm true. just not. For, I'm just not very good at lying, so... Um, no, I left that one alone. Anyway, Hunter, I hope that's of some help. Um, I think we took that more seriously than Hunter expected us to, but that's okay. There's some good advice in there. I mean, it, it, you know, maybe there are other people than Hunter that are listening to this and being like, you know what? I'd need to stop tilting off when my Warwick jungles those chickens and, and doesn't hit the blue buff on the, on the, on the dragon, you know? I mean, they're all right. It was pretty close to like a sentence at least. I need to stop, I need to stop tower diving the enemy's nexus. That's what I need to stop doing. Yeah, I mean, that's generally about... I've seen people try to tarot dive at the end when there's two towers, and I'm like, stop I need it! To, <laughs> I need to rush mid with a solo bot lane. Well, that doesn't make any sense. That's what I... That's what that's, that's my what problem. I need to do. Oh! Ludicrous play last night. What's, Cla- what's Cloud9 doing bring, bringing perks on that early? <laughs> <laughs> the, that's problem the problem with TSM, with TSM is they always, they always try to walk in. in. <laughs> We both picked TSM. That's really good. All right. ZP Brannigan. ZP Brannigan? Oh, my Zap goodness. Brannigan. I apologize. ZP Brannigan. ZP Brannigan has a question. It is a magic-related question. Return to form. First time, short time. Currently binging all the episodes. Well, good to have you, Brannigan. Did the binging all the episodes by listening to one two and a half speed or listening to four episodes at once? I have a preventative magical asshole question. That's good. Preparation M. I... <laughs> I picked up I picked up Magic a year ago during the pandemic. I really only played on Arena Save for a couple of sealed games with some mates. We're finally doing an in-person draft at a friend's house. About half the people are pretty veteran. I'm excited to start building a real collection, and I'm very tempted by the idea of owning some rare or expensive cards, even if I don't have a deck for them yet. My question is, would I be the magical asshole for value drafting amongst friends? I really want some sweet cards, but my number one priority is to be invited back. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, or for people who don't use arbitrary imperial roller coasters, 28.35 grams of prevention is worth 454 grams of cure. Appreciate the conversion. Um, here's the deal. Zip. You won't be an asshole. If these people are veterans and on the spikier side of things, they're probably happy for you to rare draft because it makes your deck worse. Disagree. Really? I think that veterans are, are there, they're there and they want a pure draft pure experience. experience I don't think being a veteran necessarily makes you a spike. I think that people, like, I've drafted with a mm. lot of different people. And when you start pulling that sort of stuff, they're like, oh, just like, we just want to draft. You know what? Man. I feel like that, honestly, now that I think about it, yeah. so maybe you're right. <laughs> I don't think, like, I, I appreciate, Randy, you've made this really clear what you want, right? Your number one priority is to be invited back. If that's the case, don't money draft. Here's the Here's the thing. Set yourself a threshold. This is what I always do. If the, if a card is worth more than the price of the draft, which is probably like fifteen bucks or whatever, let's say, mm-hmm. take it. Sure. No one, no one will judge you for doing that. No, 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 definitely not. But like picking up, taking like, the two dollar cards. Yeah, picking up like the the two dollar on on off color rare just because you might play it in something. Like if you take if if there's a card and you're like, oh, I need this for my commander deck. Oh, this is the fourth copy of this card that I need for my standard deck. Whatever. That's fine. But if you're just going around harvesting the rares out of packs, I mean, who would do that? I mean, I do that all the time on Arena. Well, you do that because you're trying to, pardon me, you're trying to break the Arena. I'm doing that because I'm trying to, I'm I'm trying to break out of Papa Jace's warm embrace. But, um, JC Bezos. (laughs) The, doing this amongst friends in a, in a casual setting where you're just drafting with your mates, this will, this will, not get this will mean you you won't get invited back. Well, it's, not, it's not it's not as black and white as that, but it definitely will not improve your standing. Whatever about that, you don't have fun. Let me let you know a little secret uh, from on the inside. Mm. Vast majority of cards in a Magic Gathering set are basically worthless. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And you, like it'll you know you'll take the the fifth pick bulk rare that's coming around. It'll sit in your binder and you'll never do anything with you it. You don't need it. You don't need it. I promise no. you, you don't need it. Don't don't bother trying to pick up rares and stuff at a draft. When you get home, think of the cards you want for your deck. Think of the cards you want for your commander deck. Chowfireball.com. Get them in the cart. Coupon code SMART. I almost said night. I almost said night. Kind of nice. Interesting. Interesting guys. Guys Sorry, gaming. Gaming help Help time. 
Um, gaming. No, no. Kind of nice, interesting gaming. Co- semicolon. Helpful tips. It's like Tim and Eric. Awesome show. Great job. Okay, that's good. We've done. We can we can continue to workshop this until it's even better. But I just still can't believe how fast you're off the blocks of that. Um, here's the real solution. Because chances are the people you're playing with, they'll be keen to do this as well. Because it's just a reasonable way to deal with things in the end, right? So you do a draft. How many packs in a draft? Twenty four. Yes. Twenty four. Wow, fake magic player. So at the end of the thing, at the end of the at the end of the the draft, right? Everyone pulls out all the rares and the foils. You spread them out Are on you the table. Propose a rare draft, Riley. A rare draft. The person who won the draft gets the first pick. The person who came second picks the next one. Third, fourth, so on, forth, so on, so forth, until you get to the eighth. Then it goes back to person number one. They get the ninth pick, right? And this is a way to fairly and evenly distribute all of the rares amongst all the players based on record. It, it adds a little bit of stakes to the draft, which obviously makes it more fun because you're playing. You're actually playing for something, right? Um, and Here's the little tip. No one else listen to this, okay? This is just Brannigan, all right? No one else. Z- ZP Brannigan, this is for you. You end up, if you want all the rares, you get them. Because the other people, they won't care. After like the to- after like the first four or five rares have gone, everyone's like, I don't want this. Have it. I don't care. Just have it. Mm-hmm. Guarantee it. If you suggest a rare draft, and even if you come dead, dead stone last, right? You go 0-3 and you don't win a game you will still walk away with the majority of those 24 rares because no one wants them. Especially if you're playing with a bunch of veterans, they're not going to want these bulk rares, man, and mm-hmm. they'll be yours. So that's that's honestly what you do. Now, will you get the best and most expensive card in the, uh, in, the in those 24? Or, and there's also like foils and stuff that are put in there, so it's usually a bit more than 24. Will you get the best and most expensive? Probably not, only if you zero three. 3 Sorry, only if you three zero, right? But will you get, you say you're, you're interested in, in owning a bunch of cards, building a collection, this is a rock solid way to do that. I guarantee, Dennis, if I'm in one of those rare drafts, if I come like fifth, I'm looking at him like, ah, eh, I don't want this. I don't want it, man. I don't I want that. I don't want that two dollar rare. You have it. I don't care anymore. You know. I think that's actually the solution. Yeah, I don't hate it. Usually, I don't like doing rare redrafts, but I think with friends, it's probably okay. So it's yes, fine. see how it goes. So, I mean, just just propose it, float the idea, make sure people understand how it works. If you don't understand how it works based on the explanation we've given, there's like, have a look yeah, online and see the mechanics it. of it. But, but like. If you're worried about getting invited back, focus on having a good time. Yeah, yeah. Just be good company, man. Just be good company. Have a chat, you know, get to know people, have fun playing good games of Magic. And, like, drafting is generally still pretty good for building a collection. And here's the other thing. If you're playing with a bunch of veterans, that sort of stuff, you're playing with a bunch of people who have these collections, they don't want all the rest, man. They don't want all these cards, right? Mm-hmm. So you'll walk you'll walk away with, with plenty of them, right? So I wouldn't sacrifice the social equity by, quote-unquote, ruining the draft for other people just to build out your collection when chances are you got a good chance of getting those hands on, your hands on those rares anyway, depending on how fine, yeah. your friends are. So, yeah, that, that's where I'd land with that. All right, one more? One more. Uno mas. All right, one more. Well, let's do one more magic question. Uh, Ranjan writes in and says, Hey, smart hosts, over the pandemic, I noticed that my eight-year-old was getting bored, so I taught her to play magic. She seemed to have so much fun with this that when she went back to in-person school this spring, she taught some of her friends to play casually. Apparently... One of the parents of a kid in the playgroup had a giant collection from the 90s, which was mostly junk, but also contained a chaos orb. One day, given that neither the child nor the parent knew the value of the card, the kid brought it in and played a game with it unsleeved in the playground mulch. (laughs) My daughter decided that she liked the card and traded him a couple of healer hawks for it. She brought it home that day and is now in possession of a potentially $800 to $1,000 card. Should I give it back, let my daughter use it, or just sell it? Give it back. So, just for context here, right? Channel Fireball is currently out of stock on Alpha Chaos Orbs for $20,000. Yeah, somehow I don't think this one's getting a PSA 9, bro. A beta edition Chaos Orb is priced at $7,000, an unlimited edition, right? Three and a half grand. Yeah, right? I, don't th- I don't think this is getting... That doesn't matter, Dennis. Even if it is a, a an unlimited Chaos Orb at, like, what? Six? It's still worth heaps. How much is a six? Right? This card is worth minimum hundreds. It's as simple as that. So what do you do? Dennis says, says it's as simple as you give it back. Yeah, even even a six is 350 bucks. Yeah. So at the end, Ron John's like, should I give it back, let my daughter use it, or just sell it? I can tell you what you're definitely not doing. Definitely do not sell it. There, there, There is no way that you walk away from that interaction having sold that card... With with a scrap, yeah. you, of, have, of, you, you have you you have some possible deniability. I didn't know it was expensive. The, our daughters just played with them. 
Yeah. You do not if you went and, and hooked it on eBay. <laughs> yeah. No, there, there's, you have no moral integrity if you, if you, you sell can't, it. You can't Absolute, sell it. I think you give, I think you give back. Imagine your, imagine your daughter, imagine this kid took her dad's iPad without knowing. Yeah. Well, he forgot about it because it was in a drawer. Yeah. Brought it in, and your daughter traded some My Little Ponies for it, and then brought some home crazy and said, look, for look, it. Look, look, I got an iPad. Yeah. You'd be like, I should give that back to this yeah. kid's father. Yeah, and this is, I think, something that people get misled because it's just a bit of cardboard, right? But like, yeah, if your if if your if your daughter's friend had accidentally stolen, yeah, her mum's engagement ring with a. Yep thousand dollar diamond on it right and yeah. then your your daughter had traded that for the it's you know a small diamond by the way a, a push pop or something right you'd be you'd have to say something you'd say something about that so i think what you do is you go back to the other parents and you say hey just to let you know this card that your daughter has traded to my daughter uh is worth such and such amount of money right um what do you want to do about this i'm happy to like the trade that was made was obviously not very equitable. So, do, like, I don't think you even loop the kids in at this stage. No, just give it back to the dad and tell him to sell it or put it in a college fund. I think you just go back to the back and you explain to... And the other thing is, like, if your daughter is eight and just likes playing magic, it's going to be very easy to replace this. Oh, get her some sword. dragons or something. It'll be fine. Just, just go and buy, just go and buy like, a, a bundle, right? Give her 10 booster packs and be like, oh, sorry, I had to give... That was a special card that we had to give back to, you know, what's her name's dad. I think he he didn't realize he still wanted it. So here's these instead. Yeah, easy, easy peasy, right? You, okay, definitely don't sell it. That's easy, right? This next piece of advice you can take or leave. I don't think you tell the kids how much it's worth. I don't think no, you tell the kids. That, I don't think you bring the money into it, right? Definitely not. Because I think that will color their experience of playing the game in a way that they don't need. They don't. I don't think they need the exposure to that just yet, right? So I think a little bit of smoke and mirrors here to protect the kids from that. And you say, you, you give it back, or you, you at least let the other person, maybe they don't care, right? Maybe they're like, ah, whatever, it doesn't matter. But I think you give them the opportunity to have that, to, to get that back, right? And, uh, and bit of, bit of smoke and mirrors with the, with the daughter as well, with, with, by replacing that with a, um, with a couple of packs for her, I think, or something like that. Or just, a, yeah, as you say, cool big dragon, something cool for a death. Yeah. And I, I don't think you can keep it. I don't think you can start keep it. I think you have to give it back and encourage yeah, the other, the other dad to inventory his cards. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, look, this is understandable, right? Like, every time I interact with anyone, it's like, oh, yeah, I used to play Magic when I was a kid. It's like, oh, you should have a look at your collection. You've probably got something mm-hmm. that's worth, like, whatever, right? And whether it's, like, a fetch land or, like, some old legacy staple or something, they don't realize that they're sitting on a couple of hundred bucks, you know? I think it's a very common thing for people not to realize it, though. And because it, it's so arbitrary as well. Oh, yeah. It, like, it doesn't, like, there are, car, like, there are cards from back then that seemed way better at the time that yeah. are not. Yeah. And someone could just have a force of will and be like, well, why is this card any good? It's like, well, that card's like 80 bucks or whatever. How much is a force yeah. of will these days? I don't know if it's 80 bucks. It's, reprint- it's, it's been reprinted so much, right? Yeah, it's just so expensive though, I think. I don't think it's so much money. I think it'd be a little cheaper Alliance these days. is one. 140 bucks. Oh my goodness me. Okay, well, never mind. All the all the reprinting still 120, 140 bucks? Yeah. Holy moly, I shouldn't have sold my forces of will. Anyway, um, good show. Now, now I don't know what to do. Now do we go back to Scrammy River? At the end, talk no, about no. magic. Well, I think Charizard Mirror. Until look, we're in a transition period. We'll figure all this out by episode 100, whatever. But I want to talk about Far Cry Six, Far Cry Five. Well, before oh, okay, I want people in the Discord and on Twitter to suggest alternate advice gaming podcast names. Okay, if they so, have the acronym KNIGHT, not but no bonus points. Big bonus points, huge bonus points. Well, we already got that one nailed. I don't need to worry about that. I finally bought. I finally pulled the trigger on Far Cry Five. I didn't know you were considering this. I want, we've talked about playing because I had co-op. I had co-op. Just because we talk about it doesn't mean I was listening, but that's fine. Wow. Anyway, it was on sale. It was like 80% off. I spent Whoa. 10 pounds on it. It was on Steam. It was on Steam and loved it. Really good. Really good game. Ubisoft are a little cowardly, I think, in pulling oh. their punches. Because um, it's, it's, this is the religious extremist one, It's right? the one where you're fighting a cult of religious extremists. And I think they did pull... I think, I think that there are... I think it could have explored the tones with a little more, explored some of the, the themes and the tone of the game with a little more, with a little more bravery. But uh, obviously, mm. you know, they they need to keep politics out of those damn. That's why you, you know, you like non-political video games, Dennis. Like Metal Gear Solid. Like Metal Gear Solid and Call of Duty. Um. Uh, oh, Bioshock. Actually, I'll put Bioshock Infinite on that list as well. So that's number nine. Um. Uh. It's really good. It's fun, and it is it, it is short, sharp bursts of action. Right. There's all the normal Far Cry silliness. I've played some other Far Cry games that, I, that I've enjoyed. I don't. I can't justify this, and I wish I could. 
both you and I have had this fatigue of open world games in recent years, right? Mm-hmm. As we've gotten older, we just don't have time to play The Witcher and Assassin's Creed. I tried playing Valhalla, and for some reason, I was just like, I don't, I, I can't do this, man. And I don't know why. I can't justify what. I don't know what it is. I'm just like, I can't do it. It's very interesting because it's also a Ubisoft game. They're all very similar. But this is the thing. It's the same game. It's just a recent the same, same game. But for some, for some reason in Far Cry 5, I was like, I'm loving this, man. Is it because of vehicles? I think it's because of the pacing of the quests. Mm-hmm. Because they do feel almost like MMO instanced. Like Assassin's yeah. Creed is very, it's not railroady, but it's very sort of like, go here, do this, go here, do that. Whereas in Far Cry, it's like, eh, do whatever, man. Wherever you go, there's something to do. Ah, oh, there's a church there with a sniper in the in the belfry. Go and help her out, you know, killing people, you know. Oh, there's a, there's a, you know. A, it feels a, a, less, it feels more like an actual open world game. It feels a little bit more just, it, it, you know, it has that sort of thing like Skyrim. It's like, just go and do whatever you want, man. And what I really like about it is the progression is non-linear, right? So you can go at any point to the map and you just gain, they're called resistance points to resist mm-hmm. against the cult. And then once you get to certain thresholds, things happen and the plot advances. But it doesn't matter how you get those resistance points and right. it doesn't matter in what order you get them. So you can just dick around in a plane, shooting down silos, you know, destroying uh, vehicle convoys. Big just cause vibes. That is, and that is the comparison. It's not as silly because Just Cause, I think, is the silliest game I've ever played. Let's just put Just Cause in there. Just Cause 2 on that list as well. That's number 10. Um, I love Just Cause. It's not quite as silly as that, but it is still very. I, I, the, only, the, thing, the only thing I don't like about it is I really feel like they, as I say, they really did pull their punches on the political side of it. I remember talking, I mean, no, sorry, talking, I remember watching a, um, a old Yahtzee Croshaw video about mm. Just Cause 1, maybe 2. Oh, and he kept using the, the pun at the end, Just Cause. He's like, why, why would I hook a, a crabble hook onto this plane and, and fly it and fly it into another plane and then jump off of them both and parachute back onto the beach? Just Cause. Yeah. I remember that video as well. That's very funny. Mm. That's what I think of every time I think of Just Cause. Just you know cause really how, good. you know that, mm. those old Zero Punk Creation videos on yep. The Escapist mm. is how I first encountered Lunary Run. Oh, really? So, when I met, when I eventually met Graham and James and Paul and Kathleen and stuff, I remember talking, uh, talking, I think it was, I think it was Graham I was talking to. And he was like, Oh, so you like, you, 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 you heard about us through our magic stuff. And I was like, Nope. Mm. He's like, What? And I was like, I heard about, I heard about you guys when you and Paul did an unskippable commentary of Metal Gear Solid 4. And he was like, Oh my God. That was like 2008. <laughs> Very early on the LRR train I was. Yeah. I remember watching Zero Punctuation back in, yeah, what, 2007, 2006, even? And they had ENN. Remember, like, the Escapist News Network? That's right. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, That's Loading Ready Run. What? Yeah. Oh, it's the same thing. Yeah, that's Checkpoint, basically, now. Yeah. I did I did, I did not know that. I didn't. I was not aware of that connection. That's very cool. Like, if you go oh. and look it up, it's, I'm pretty sure it's just Graham. Like, yeah. That's why I didn't know that. Anyway, what have you been playing? League of Legends? No, Infinite Board Games, dude. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's just Graham. Um, went on a board game shopping spree. What'd you get? What'd you pick up? Picked up Seven Wonders. No, Seven Wonders is a great game. Oh, beautiful game. Picked Drafting up, game, for those of you who haven't played it, fantastic game. Picked up Wingspan. I've tried Wingspan. I tried the digital version of Wingspan. I wasn't convinced. Picked up Carcassonne because I just didn't have it. I'm I'm not huge on Carcassonne. And picked up, what was the fourth game I bought? Oh my God, what did we buy? Scythe. Scythe. Oh, I've heard good things about Scythe. How is it? <sighs> oh dear. Okay. It's not bad. My favorite of the, of the four, I haven't cracked Harker's Zone open yet, but my favorite of the, th- the three is Seven Wonders. Seven Wonders very clean, is a great game. Very clean game. It's very really easy. good. So for those of you who don't know, Seven Wonders is a drafting game where you're themed as one of the owners of one of the, one of the Seven Wonders of the Ancient World, half House History episode, I think, 100 and something, um, if you want to go and listen to them. Uh, and you, there are a range of different archetypes and strategies you can build into military, production, economic. But it is whatever just else. drafting. Like you get a pack, you take a card, you pass it on. You pick yeah. a card, you pass it on. And you build a city, and then you get points at the end. It takes. And then at the end, minutes. there's like the 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 last pack has a bunch of because the packs change. Like the the type of cards change in each pack. And in the third pack, there's a bunch of what I think you what do you call them? Payoff cards. Guilds. They're called guilds, but like what that doesn't help explain what they do. That's They're cool. basically like. It's fun, like the build around. You get bonus uncommons, points for all the yellow cards you drafted so far. The build around uncommons come at the end, yes. so you draft towards you do the building those. first. Yeah, you draft towards those guilds, which provide massive payoffs. Always force brown. Always force production. Make sure you got one of each type. Marketplace is ridiculous. So um, I, I've got it on my phone. It's my. It's my like. Oh, I have to take the subway somewhere, so I, I don't have internet connection. So I, I draft seven wonders against other bots. Computers. Uh, the other qu- the other game, Scythe, right? Scythe's a big. It. Scythe's a big game. I've heard it's it, it, it's big as in popular and also big as in complicated, and also big as in the box is big. <laughs> you need wood to get wood to win the game. Uh, yes, honestly, yes. Yeah. So, like, 
Did you play the Sword of Cthulhu door? Did you, <laughs> uh, well, did you play I, the, I, I had the Don Quixote card. Okay, very good. So you bust you bust at this game, right? It's set in a alternate history where you're there's been like an alien invasion basically that and there's this big mystical factory that was crapping out all these like super weapons people were using to fight each other. And then that sort of died down and you're trying to rebuild the, these countries in Europe and it's like it's a, it's a 4X game. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I thought it was more like Agricola. Okay, sure, go ahead. No, it's Yeah. So it's all about it, it when playing it. Sometimes when I play board games and this is the most I felt like this, I'm like Maybe I'm not as nerdy as I thought I was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, if, I don't, I don't know if I'm nerdy enough for this. Yeah. We got through it. Yeah. We played it. It worked. We had to watch two how to play videos. Don't oh, try to read the rule book. It's the first, inscrutable. The first one wasn't good. The first you, one was you, not enough. You can't screw the rule book. It is inscrutable. Inscrutable. You couldn't screw it. Scrutable. The game was fun. Yeah. But I think I'd rather just play a game of Seven Wonders or Catan and then yeah. a game of Risk then try yes. to combine them and it would be a lot faster. <laughs> I, I love Civilization so uh, for my birthday one year I got a Civilization the board game. Nikki was saying Nikki's the game she said it was not very good. <laughs> and all it made me really appreciate was the fact that Civilization the video game does all the work of the rules behind the scenes for you so you don't have mm-hmm. to count out the you know the potato tokens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you going to give it another go? Yeah, probably. I, I I don't think it's the last time I'll ever play Scythe. Well, I'd like to play it. So learn the rules sure. well enough to explain it to me, and then I'll come over and we'll play it. I'll come sure. Next time we come. And another game uh, we played played two of the games. One mm. one called The Mind. This is an incredibly simple game. Oh yeah. So you play with three or four people, and you have a deck of cards, and all that the deck of cards is is the numbers one to a hundred. Okay. And what you have to do is you get. So you take the whole deck, and let's say there's four of us, we get seven cards each. Yeah. So you'll have card number 23, card number eight, card number one, et cetera. Yep. You are not allowed to talk to each other. Okay. And it is your job to play the cards one by one in the middle in order. Yes. Cool. I like so that. So you go two, and yeah. then you look around the table and be like, if somebody had... And you have a nine in hand, you're like, if somebody had a nine, they would have played it by now. Yes. So yes. you slowly go nine <laughs> you don't say anything no 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 and then like it was often you'll, you'll go like 23 and then like steve will lurch across the table and go 25 <laughs> like <laughs> just gonna get that right in there before jeff has a 26 and ruins everything yeah yeah and you lose a lot you like you have two lives over and you lose a life if you um if you do it out of order yeah yeah so you gotta get through like yeah 28 cards in sequence and there's levels so like yeah. as the levels go on you have you have more cards each. Yes, you have fewer lives, etc. Yeah. There's one thing you can use. It's like a wish that you get occasionally, and all it does is that everyone just discards the lowest value card in their hand. That's that's a very simple game. And yeah, it's like six bucks. It's called The yeah. Mind. I'd recommend it. Yeah, that's really good. Another game. We played a lot of board games. Another game we played that's a very yeah. simple game was called Narabi. So it's the only game I've seen that y- requires sleeves. Okay. So you have, similar, similar to the mind, you have, so we've, I played, Je- Jeff, Steve, and I played last night. We each get four cards that are like a Japanese rock garden, right? Okay. So labeled, numbered zero up to nine, yeah. or up to eight in this case. Mm-hmm. And there's also blank stones. So on the front side, you have the stones, and then on the reverse side, this is why you need sleeves, you put in a rule card. So, for example, my stone that has a three on it might say, only swap this stone with a value higher than it. Or only swap this stone with a player on the left. And right. your job is to make the whole, all the numbers go in order, either clockwise or counterclockwise, by swapping cards without talking. So I, t- I look at Steve's four and I can give him my three, which puts it next to Jeff's two. So now we have a one, two, and a three. And then mm. Steve is trying to get my four before his five, but he might not be able to get the... You know, it's great. It's a really good game. would recommend. And you have sleeves that are double-sided, like... Completely transparent, so you can read. Completely transparent, yeah. So, so basically, that's what I was missing. I'm like, so the rules are hidden? No, no, no. After, after, so like the the numbers are faced up, but you can look at the rules on your own card. You flip, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure, sure, sure. That makes sense. Cool game, cool, easy. I like that you got two games that require no talking. You see, you're talking to your friends, Dennis. Yeah, pretty much. You just want, you just want to. You want scythe though, constant talking. So, hang on. If I upgrade this, does that mean I get another mech? Does my mech? Can the mech cross the river? How do workers cross rivers? Workers can only cross rivers if they're attached to a mech. Can they bring their resources with them? Do I have to have the resources in my base to use them? No, I just have to control them. What does controlling it mean? Awful. Awful game. Ten out of ten. 
it is a good game. I don't think I had fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a good game, but not a fun game. Interesting. Yeah, right. it felt like homework. I'm wow. not going to lie. All right. Well, more board game chat. Send in your board game questions. When we say mm. gaming, it's not just video games. Board games, card games, any kind of game, except a sport board game. If you're sweating while you're playing it from exertion, we don't want to hear about it. Sweating from stress, that's fine. I sweat playing That's for sure. Exertion-based stress? All right. Thank you to... Have you forgotten who we're thanking, Dennis? No, you pause if you want to say something. The folks at channelfarble.com, thank you for John King Road for the music. And thank you to the and listener as well for coming on with us on this journey. And we do hope to, uh, yeah, field many questions. Do send them in. Bit.ly slash join around this Discord is the best place to do it. Scroll down, you'll find the submissions channel for uh, Scrum River. And also, I guess we're accepting submissions for new names. Yeah, but until then, we'll see you next time on another episode of Kind of Nice, Interesting Gaming Helpful Tips. <laughs>